Oh, yeah. You know what time it is. That's right. It's time for the Eddie and Webby Podcast. Yo, I'm going to bust out some theme song action for you. Check it out. The Eddie and Webby Show is the place to be. They're talking about beer and pickleball and technology. So if you didn't know, now you know. Because it's time for the Eddie and Webby Show. On today's episode, Eddie and Webby revealed their close encounters of the third kind. This is the Eddie and Webby Podcast. Oh, hey, how's it going? This is Webby, not Eddie. And I'm Eddie, and this is our 22nd podcast. Oh, yeah. Episode number 22. Yes, I can't believe it. We've gone through 21, and now we're on to 22. And man, we have had some pretty amazing guests in the past few uh, episodes, haven't we? Yeah, we have. I can't believe how many great guests we've had. I can't believe how many people have actually agreed to be on our show. I know. Do you, I still think they just feel bad for us. Like I know. They, like we're, we're like the kids with a lemonade stand and everybody just feels bad. So they give us a dollar for our crappy lemonade. I love the fact that they have agreed to do our show. I don't care if they feel bad for us. It's been awesome. Yeah, I definitely agree. Usually I kind of jump into this podcast like hot and heavy and there's like a schedule and we follow it. But I think today, what do you think about just chatting for a little bit, Webby? All right. I'm down for that. What do you got on your mind? Well, well why don't you start? What's, uh, what's new in Webby's world? Well, I do have a, a bit of big news. I am actually about to meet with the local activity center director near where I live to see about starting a pickleball program there. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, there's nothing super close to where I live that has consistent pickleball. And the places that are like maybe 10, 15 minutes away from my house that do have open pickleball, they always have it in the mornings when I can't go because I'm working. So unless I work late or I have the day off, I can't play at those places very often. So I would love for the place that's literally like two minutes from my house, I would love for them to offer pickleball and hopefully in the evenings and or weekends. Like what what other sports do they play at that at that facility there? Um, there's a lot of basketball. There's a, a big gymnasium where people play basketball a lot. Um, they do have a couple of racquetball courts, stuff like that. There's a gym there. Um, but I just, I feel like pickleball would be absolutely perfect at this location. And as you know, and I know where there's pickleball, there will be people that want to play pickleball. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, good luck to you. I hope you can share with our audience how it goes. I'm sure it's going to go good, though. Yep, I will definitely keep everybody updated. What about you, Eddie? What's going on in your world? I've been playing pickleball like crazy lately. Um, I've been going up to East Naples Complex. That's where they have the U.S. Open. That's where, if you YouTube a lot of like you know the U.S. Open videos, they play underneath that big tent. I've been playing there a lot lately, and it's been a lot of fun. You know, I've gotten to vary up the skill level of people that I play with, which is always good. And actually, it was pretty cool. I was playing with my buddy Thomas. He's a lefty and I'm a righty. So when we're playing, I'm to the left, he's to the right. Both of our forehands are in the middle. And so I'm like, why don't we try stacking? And we did it. And it was 
it was tough at first. It was weird. The people we were playing with were fairly new, and so they thought we were cheating, and they didn't know what the heck was going on. Um, but it was actually fun, and we ended up doing a lot better because we were both playing to our, you know, our strong suits, both of our forehands in the middle, uh, and it worked. And honestly, after the first, you know, two or three points, and uh, you know, passing the serve around a few times, it wasn't as confusing as I thought it was going to be. So, have you ever stacked before? I never have, and actually, uh, I played two days ago, and it was the first time I've ever played against people that did stacking. I've never seen anybody stack in person. I've seen it on YouTube many times, um, but I've never seen it in person until two days ago. Yeah, it's the, the most confusing part for me was um, when we were serving, it was easy, but then when it switched around to where we were on the returning side, I was like, wait, where was I supposed to be? Because after yeah. the serve, you move around and... Uh, but we figured it out and it was pretty good. And we might have screwed up a couple times, but our opponents didn't. They weren't they weren't any they weren't much the wiser. So <laughs> uh, it worked out good, but it was fun. I could definitely see how that would be advantageous for people to do it. I don't think that you and I would benefit from it because I don't think you or I either have a dominant backhand or forehand for each other. So it's probably better for us just to play normal. But maybe down the road, like if you know, if one of us gets better than the other. We need to adjust. I could definitely see a benefit to stacking for sure. Nice. And yeah, I really don't even know enough about it to know what the benefit of it is. Well, I mean, it's ultimately just playing to your strengths, right? Um, for example, if I had Kyle Yates on my team, I absolutely would want to stack because I'd want him to be in the forehand position and cover like 97% of the entire net. <laughs> so I can just barely cover my little 3% over to the to the corner just in case. Um, and that's what stacking allows you to do. It allows you to to play your play the same position over and over again, regardless of where your rotation is as to when you serve or or receive the ball. All right, all right. Well, that was fun. I'm glad we got a chance to catch up before we jumped right into the podcast. Yeah, that was nice. I like that. Yeah. As you guys know, we talk beer, tech, and pickleball. But guess what? Guess what? <laughs> you better not say it. Don't you dare say it. <laughs> No tech today, guys. Ah. Poor yes. technology. I know. I feel bad for it. But it's for a very good reason because we have a very, very special guest that's going to be joining us today. Yeah, uh, it's a huge guest. I, I still can't believe we, we got this guest to agree to be on our show, but you'll, you'll find out in just a little bit who we're talking about. Yes, you will. Before we get into it, though, Webby... What's going on in Twitter? Ah, yes, the wonderful world of Twitter. Let's go ahead and pull Twitter up here and see what we've got today. Here's one from Innova for Life. I am a huge fan of the Eddie and Webby show, but I'm an even bigger fan of Avery Jenkins. I can't believe you guys were able to have him on your show. So cool. Nice. That was so cool. I still can't believe he was on our show either. That was very cool. Yeah, it's unbelievable, the guests that we've had. Uh, but yeah, I agree. Very cool. Yeah, thank you very much for the comment. Let's pull up another one here. Here's one from Disky Diskerton. At Eddie and Webby should stop talking about pickleball and only talk about disc golf from now on. Pickleball equals awful and disc golf equals awesome. Yeah, I mean, I agree that disc golf is awesome, but pickleball is pretty awesome too. Definitely not awful. So not a big fan of that part of the comment, but I mean, we're definitely not going to stop talking about pickleball. That's just crazy talk right there. 
That's never going to happen. No. But thank you, Disky Diskerton, for the comment anyways. Yep. Uh, let's go with one more comment here on Twitter. Here's one from Michael Jawden. Webby talked about possibly becoming a USAPA ambassador. He should man up and just do it. I agree. Plus one, plus one. You know what? I think I am just going to do it. I'm going to try to become an ambassador. Is no try. <laughs> that, was, that was supposed to be a Yoda voice, and I totally blew it. Oh, wow. That's what that was? Yeah, right? Exactly. I never would have guessed that was supposed to be Yoda, so might want to work on that one a bit before doing that again. Yeah, I'm never going to do that again. I'm going to put that in the filing cabinet for do not ever attempt one <laughs> ever. But anyways, that's, uh, that's it for Twitter. Oh, that was some pretty good feedback. Definitely appreciate it. If you guys want to tweet to us, feel free to at Eddie and Webby is where you can tweet to. Um, and you can also download the Anchor app and leave us a voice message. It's likely we're going to play it on the air. And to be honest with you, we had quite a few going on at first. And then we started playing them on the air. And I think people got nervous because they actually are like, oh, my God, they're actually going to they're, they're really going to play it on the podcast. Right. And yeah, guys, we really do play it. But we want to. So. Don't worry about it. If you want to be anonymous, you can. Just let us know what's going on with you. We want to interact with you guys. Yes, we want to hear from you, so go ahead and leave us some messages. Yeah. So, Webby, what are we talking about next? Oh, man. I am super excited about this one. We are going to go ahead and start talking about pickleball. Ooh. But we're not just going to talk about pickleball. We're going to be joined by a special guest to talk about pickleball. And uh, I say we just get right to it and introduce our guest. Uh, he is a CEO of a very successful pickleball-related company. Hmm. And that company is a company that both Eddie and I are very familiar with because we both own paddles made by this company. And that company in question is Paddletech. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us today is the CEO of Paddletech, Mr. Curtis Smith. Curtis, thank you very much for joining us today. My pleasure. Happy to be here. Yeah, this is awesome. I can't believe we got you. I'm super excited for our audience to be able to learn a little bit more about you and the great company Paddletech. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but Webby and I actually both play with Paddletech paddles. Which ones? Um, I, I just got the brand new Bantam actually a couple weeks ago from, uh, from some people down here that are resellers of that. The Bantam EXL Pro? Yep. I've got the, uh, the Bantam TS5. Pro or just straight TS5? Uh, just the straight TS5. You should, you should try the Pro. All right. What's the, what's the difference between the two? Uh, not to bore everybody with <laughs> uh, physics, um, the TS5... Uh, original TS5 was meant to be a light paddle. Uh, people who wanted a paddle from 7 to 7.4 ounces. Uh, um, the problem when you go light, though, is that you lose power um, because weight is one of the ingredients to power. And, and so with that light, you're really losing one of those key ingredients. <laughs> and um, the reason you go light is because it makes you quicker. Uh, um, so what we did is we took the, uh, the Bantam core. When we designed the Bantam, we designed it sheer power. The EXL was just built to be the Formula One in the industry. You got to learn to drive it. It's It's just built for power. Uh, um, why it's so successful with our, or popular with our pros is because they come from tennis 
and they can handle the power. They're, they're used to tennis rackets. Um, but when you get under 7.5, you lose that power. So we use that powerful core from the EXL with the TS5. We just made it lighter. And for a long time, I would say that the TS5 was the best light paddle on the market. And I would say that with confidence. Um, I'm usually incredibly honest. If there's a better paddle, um, I'll, you know, better for somebody else, even though it's a competitor, I'll recommend it to them because we really want them out there playing pickleball. Um, but the TS5 to me was hands down the, the best light paddle on the market because it added a little more power for a light paddle. What the pro does is it gives you exponentially more power, but it also maintains its touch at the net, but it also adds something else and that's called forgiveness, which means that you don't have to be Kyle Yates to control the ball with a powerful paddle. Typically, when you play with a powerful paddle, you need to be you need to be pretty darn good um, because you're losing some accuracy. Um, what the the Pro Series does is it gives you the power, um, but you don't have to be best in the world to be able to control it or to keep practice. Um, and it still maintains the touch. So you should I would make I would say give it a try. Right? People who have switched over are just playing out of their minds um, but you know my wife found a an exl pro back to exl i have it right here it's the only one i have um somebody somebody marked out the e and the x so it's just the phantom x pro uh, um and she won't give it back um, <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> and, and it's a heavier paddle than what she's accustomed to playing with uh, um you don't sacrifice touch for control you don't sacrifice power and you add forgiveness i don't know about you eddie but i i feel like i need to go buy that paddle tomorrow <laughs> I, like you've you definitely sold me i i would love to have more power um but have a bit more accuracy as well so yeah i will absolutely give that a try yeah definitely and curtis i can tell you i was a former onyx z5 paddle player and i liked it because it had a lot of power but then I started to mature in my game a little bit. I started to, you know, want to refine it a little bit more. And I noticed that I wasn't able to slow the ball down as much. And I actually found myself not being as control at the net. Uh, so I was getting lessons from uh, Jerry and Tammy down here in Naples. And, uh, and they're resellers of your product. And he recommended the new Bantam EXL. And I picked it up. And man, I got to tell you, you know, a, a, a lot of people say, uh, paddle is just a paddle, but man, I tell you what, it really helped me slow the game down. It helped me with my drops. It helped me with controlling my dinks. And I feel so much more confident, both from a power perspective, but also from a control perspective. Uh, um, I've actually been on the phone with people that, um, uh, really nice people. And once they find out uh, who they have on the phone, it's kind of hard to get them off the phone. Uh, but I really enjoy hearing their stories. Uh, and their reviews of our paddles. And what they say is exactly what we designed the paddle to do. Uh, the one thing that paddle tech won't do is, is uh, put a paddle on the market. That's a gimmick. Um, you know, here's a, you know, here's a paddle just because we think it'll sell. It has to have a place in the market, which is why you don't see a lot of change. Um, uh, a lot of, a lot of new stuff coming from paddle tech. Uh, we have a lot of new stuff coming, um, but we're not we're not launching a new paddle every three months because we we feel that's kind of gimmicky. Um, we every paddle we make has a, a specific purpose for a specific player and for, for a, a style of play. 
And uh, what's really rewarding is when we say, let's get a paddle that helps out the people who want th this style of play. And they call us and say, I love this paddle because it does this for me. It means that we did our job right. Um, and we're really more about the um, it, it, people who know us. We're about the players. We're about the sport. Um, uh, we're, you know, we're family oriented. Um, and it's just nice to hear that what you intended to do was actually correct <laughs> because the worst thing to do is let's make a power paddle and somebody say, oh yeah, the thing had no power. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and even though my paddle isn't the, the pro version, um, like Eddie said, I, I feel like when I switched over to the, uh, the Bantam TS5, my dinking game definitely improved because the I, I was using the same paddle that Eddie was using and I really liked that paddle I did real good with it but um, I feel like my dinking game was not good at all I was constantly popping it up and setting up the opponent for a, a smash shot right at me or the or, or my uh, teammate um, but I feel like with the with the TS5 I've my my dinking game has gotten way better because I don't overpower it nearly as much I can tell you why if you care um, yeah definitely the Onyx Z5, which used to be the S-type, right? Um, that uh, Pickleball owes um, uh, companies like Pickleball Inc., uh, uh, Prolite, Steve Wong with S-type. Um, what, those, what those guys did uh, back in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s was provide paddles that were lighter. Because prior to, pri prior to Prolite, I mean, you were playing with wood and, and the growth that pickleball has seen has been large and in, in large part to their innovations and in bringing in lighter paddles. Most of us don't want to swing 12 ounces. Um, and so it's a really good paddle. Um, so what polymer does, uh, polymer is intuitive. And so what it does is it plays like a light piece of wood when um, when you're dinking, which is what you want. As you increase energy, either the ball coming at you or the speed of your swing, then it responds, um, whereas other materials don't. With the Z5, um, the core the core pretty much stays, you know, the, the core is a sandwich, um, and all premium paddles are. Um, the, the flex of that core, uh, to give you the power, um, it was sort of like if you took a piece of paper and the entire core would flex like this. Or with polymer, it only it only flexes at the point of impact. And so what that, that does is that that energy transfer from the paddle into the ball is more efficient. And that makes it more accurate. That's why with the Z5, you had that power, which a lot of people love. And I'm not saying it's a bad paddle because there are people who swear by that. Um, had that power because of the entire paddle was sort of flexing. Um, like I said, the, the polymer paddle has changed the, the sport of pickle. Uh, about 99% of players holding a paddle, getting a medal uh, at a tournament, are playing with a polymer paddle, which is a paddle tech innovation. And about 95% of those are basically using the same materials that we use, um, which makes it really difficult for me to say that we're the best because there's a lot, lot of replicas. Um, they're all good paddles, and we really want people to just what they like. Um, but we're really proud of the fact that we see our technology every, um, just not, not even like, oh, we've got our technology is in 40%. No, it's like just, it's about it. <laughs> so Curtis, I, I'm not, I can't put my finger on it, but something looks a little different about you, but uh, that's, that's not important. Let's go ahead and get to the next question here. 
Uh, so one thing that we ask all of our guests is, how did you first discover pickleball? Uh, well, regarding the headphones, I was feeling a little um, left out since you guys are, you know, you, you guys are in headphones. So why can I be in headphones? I feel like I'm the odd man out. Right? <laughs> so Perfect. <laughs> I wanna, all right. So how did I get involved with pickleball? Uh, my brother, Cody Smith, who developed the first polymer paddle, um, he... You have any interest in pickleball? Do you have any interest in pickleball? And I kept saying no. Um, sounds stupid to me. I don't even know what it is. Um, but I would help him. You know, I'm like, hey, if you need help, I'll help you out. And I'd owned a business before. And I was in Arizona. Um, my dad had cancer. And um, he was also um, dealing with my grandmother, who was in her late 90s. So I'd, I went out there and was just uh, sold my first business and was just getting People who are, who are without jobs say they're with, you know, in between jobs. I was in between businesses. And so he was asking me, I had an interest, and I kept telling him no. But I would go over to his house and help him make paddles. And he would tell me about, about, about pickleball, and I didn't really care. I was just helping him out. So then he asked me, he says, hey, we got this uh, demo event, but I can't go. I have to work. So, you know, can you do it for me? I'm like, all right. So he says, okay, we need to make about 80 paddles. I'm like, are you out of your mind? You're selling 10 to 15 a month right now. Um, why do you need 80? And he's like, oh, I just want to make sure. So I'm like, all right, tell me what to say. I can go. I, you know, I can, back in college, I worked in hotel. I can handle a crowd. And so I poo-pooed the whole thing. This is stupid, right? Why do I need two hours? There's going to be 20 people there. It's coffee and demo. It's a total waste of my time. So I get to the community. Uh, 15 minutes late, uh, they're already complaining that I'm late. They'd already called me. Uh, some very nice people came in to help me carry these boxes and a paddle that I was never going to sell. Uh, walk into this pavilion, and over there's three of our competitors. They had their tables up and people looking at their paddles. And they had a table uh, maybe 30 feet away that said paddle tug. Um, and about 200 people. <laughs> and some I hate to say, some jackass behind me says Paddle Tech is here. And I wish he hadn't said that because the entire room turned around and swarmed me. <laughs> I dropped the boxes. The people that were helping me dropped their boxes, and I never moved from that spot for two and a half hours. Never made it to the table. <laughs> Sold every paddle we had Don't and me. had a stack of orders. So <laughs> I got out of the event. Um, Cody called me and he said, So how did it go? And I said, yeah, it went really well. Um, you know, there's a lot of interest in, in your paddles. Um, give me half the company and I'll run it for you. He says, okay. <laughs> so, and then I said, what is pickleball? <laughs> You're going to have to tell me what this is. <laughs> because... <laughs> and so um, that was 2011. And um, uh, we we're now in Michigan. Of course, I'm a Spartan alumni and uh, my kids live up here. And uh, a pickleball has been a blessing for me because of the, you know, the, the success of the company. Uh, it's so fun to be in business when it's, there's just plenty of business for everybody. You don't really have to, you know, hate on your competition or anything like that. It's growing so fast. There's plenty of pie. Um, so our philosophy is let's not try to steal a piece of the pie from our competition. Let's just get the pie bigger. And then everybody's pieces get larger. Uh, but anyway, that's how I got in. Nice. Well, thanks for sharing that story. Um, you you mentioned how pickleball sounded stupid to you. Uh, that's 
Um, Eddie here, he's the first one that ever told me about pickleball, and I thought the exact same thing. It sounded ridiculous. And to this day, anytime I tell people that I'm going to play pickleball after work or I'm going to play pickleball this weekend, almost everybody I talk to gives me a weird look and they think I'm joking around with them. Like, what the hell is pickleball? It sounds, did you make this up? Is this, (laughs) sometimes people think that it sounds like something inappropriate that I'm talking about, but it's, uh, it's, it's kind of, the name is a bit odd and throws people off, but I feel like anybody who ever plays it gets hooked on it right away, just like I did. I actually like the name now because uh, people remember it and it piques curiosity. Yeah, uh, very it true. Sounds, it sounds stupid. <laughs> I, I need to go. You know, let me, let, me, let me see what this freak show is about. <laughs> oh, my gosh, this is really fun. And now I'm hooked. Yeah, it's definitely an addicting sport. Um, I live down here in Naples, Florida, which is apparently the hotbed of pickleball, and that's how I got involved in it. But as soon as I got into it, man, I immediately got hooked, and I absolutely love it. I love going to tournaments. I love watching it on YouTube. And every time I do, I see a Paddletech logo on quite a bit of players that you guys sponsor. And that's uh, that's pretty amazing. Thank you. Um, yeah, we have the... There's not a, a rating system yet or a ranking, but there's a good argument that Kyle Yates is best in the world. Um, it would kind of be between him, Matt Wright, and Ben Johns. Um, uh, don't, don't only knock on Matt. Sorry, Matt, if you're watching this, because he doesn't play singles. Uh, um, and we have the number one female player in the world in Simone Jardine, uh, but she's actually with our other brand, Prince Pickleball. Um, we have the number one male player in the world, 50 plus, and Scott Moore. Um, and see, before, oh, oh my gosh, three. It's been a long time since we haven't had a number one um, in our, in our, in our, in our player profile. The, the thing about a paddle tech, a professional player though, is as soon as a player calls and says, and we get the feeling that they're just looking for money, that they're looking to go with whatever company gives them the, the most money, we back away. Uh, we don't do mercenaries. Um, any conversation we have with a professional or sponsored player has to be, I prefer your paddle. That's what I want to play with. Uh, um, you know, what can you do for me? Um, and that's where we start. So, uh, all those sponsored players by paddle tech, um, it had, our requirement was, it was their preferred paddle first. It was just, I'm playing with whoever paid me the most money. Nice. And you had, uh, you mentioned Matt, Wright, And there's actually a video floating around the internet of him going into beast mode. And if you, uh, if you click right about there, you'll see the video I'm talking about. Yeah, you you had mentioned Kyle Yates and Simone. Uh, they're both down here in Southwest Florida. I'm still hoping I'll run into them one of these days. I might be able to arrange that. If you're nice, yeah. hey, <laughs> nice. <laughs> if you're good, if you're good. That's cool. Do you uh, do you ever come down here to uh, to Naples for the U.S. Open or? Uh, well, we've been the official paddle for the U.S. Open um, uh, last three years. Uh, um, so, so we're there every year. Uh, I actually had my honeymoon. Um, it was, we, uh, we went to the U S open and we stayed for an extra three days for my honeymoon. Uh, I've been married for two years. Um, and, uh, next week, um, I am, uh, we're going to Key West, um, on vacation. My wife said, I'm taking a week long vacation. You can come with me. 
or you, you can work <laughs> because <laughs> it's hard to get away from work. So I'm going. If you want to go with me, you're welcome to. So, um, but I did arrange for her that I could um, I could have an hour a day that I have to work, but she gets to schedule it. She gets to tell me when that time is, and then before that time, no. After that time, no phone, no one, because it it's hard to get away. Um, there's always something. Uh, so we just, by the way, we just made the. Uh, world's largest pickleball paddle uh, being submitted to the Guinness Book of World Records. Oh, nice. We made it for Smash Park in Iowa, uh, West Des Moines, Iowa. And um, yeah, it's uh, close to eight feet wide and 14 feet tall, uh, made with actual pickleball materials. Um, uh it took a month to make that thing. So, um, yeah, after that, we definitely, everybody could use a vacation. Um, it'll be on their, it'll be on their social media stuff if you want to check it out. But, uh, yeah, it's huge. That's awesome. How epic is that to have something that you made in the Guinness book of world records? Um, I'm going to pick on myself. You know, it wasn't until just last year that I realized that the Guinness book of world records was Guinness the beer. I just, I had never dawned on me that it was the same thing. Because, I, you know, I grew up like Guinness Book of World Records, and then now there's Guinness beer. And I never made the connection. Um, so I was like, oh, wait a minute. That's, that's Guinness. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. That pretty much the exact same thing happened to me about three years ago is when I finally realized that's what was going on with the Guinness Book of World Records. I've been reading that book. I've loved that book. The, those record books since I was a young kid. But yeah, I, I didn't realize it was the uh, the beer that owned it until about three years ago. So yeah, my, my mind was blown at that time as well. So you're definitely not alone there. So if I understand correctly, Paddle Tech originated in Scottsdale, Arizona. What caused you guys to bring it to Michigan? The number one reason is that um, at the time I was divorced and my children lived in Michigan. Uh, they actually lived a uh, in, in Indiana, just across the border near Notre Dame. And um, so when Cody said, uh, when, you know, the, the, <clears throat> the story we tell was he immediately said, yes, is, there were some conditions. Um, I said, you know, the, our first employee will be hired in Michigan um, because I need to be a father before I need to be a business owner. And I need to get back to my kids if that's going to be the case, you know. So I was actually out there, um, you know, the first year of the company. Um, I think I, you know, fly in to see my children. Um, and that, that, you know, you just can't do that. They were, you know, eight, nine at the time. Um, and so, um, but the other thing is, you know, I graduated from Romulus High School, uh, suburb of Detroit. Oh, wow. uh, went to Michigan State. And the one thing about people in Michigan is they take pride in their work. And they, they like to make things. Um, they're, they're accustomed to taking raw materials and turning something tangible. Um, and so it was just, the, it was, it, it, if you're going to manufacture something, Michigan is a great place to start because it's just, and it's in our blood. Um, and so uh, it took us about a year of me making paddles. I was, I was the paddle maker for the first year. Um, packed up a CNC machine, a, port, a foldable table, um, the, my, uh, whatever clothes I can fit, and all the materials I need to make paddles, excuse me, into a, an old Saab, and, and drove to Michigan. 
and, and rented this little tiny area. Um, and uh, now, I mean, that was, I mean, it's been a tiger by the tail since. Um, our first employee, it was a guy that walked in, and which is one of the benefits of being a Michigan. He says, you know, I'm 57 years old. I was a machinist for 40 years and I got laid off. You know, do you have any work? Like, when can you start? And I, you know, and he was with us until he retired. It was just nice to be able to give a, a living wage to people who at the time the economy wasn't doing so well and be able to say, you know, guess what? There are still manufacturing jobs in Michigan. It might only be one at a time, but we're doing what we can. That's awesome. So how big is the company now? How many employees do you guys have? Uh, how many employees do we have? Um, you know, the embarrassing thing for me is that um, sometimes I'll walk back and they'll have hired somebody and they don't tell me. And so here's just this strange person. And it's kind of embarrassing because they're, you know, who are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm so-and-so. I'm like, I've been here a week. I'm like, I didn't even see you here. Nobody said, oh, by the way, we just hired, <laughs> you know, we might hired a new assembler and they started a train. They just don't tell me. Um, but I, I, around 20, um, it, it fluctuates between 19, I'd say between 18 and 22. Um, you know, we've got some kids that work in there sometimes for, you know, on a high school part-time. So one cool thing about you guys being in Michigan, um, I've, I'm a Michigander. I've been a Michigander my whole entire life. And I actually didn't even realize Paddle Tech was based in Michigan until about three or four weeks ago. And I'm a huge advocate of shopping locally. I love supporting local companies. I love supporting Michigan-based companies. You know, we would prefer that you play with the Paddle because you like it, not because it's from Michigan. And um, we've, I mean, you know, Michiganders are very proud of, uh, made in Michigan and we've made sales for Kid Rock um, with his, you know, for him personally and for a lot of other famous people. But with him, it's just like, you know, I want stuff made in Michigan. Um, by the way, this, uh, what I've been drinking is this bottoms up ginger beer. Really good. It oh, is. Nice. If you, if gingerbread, it is really good. You know, I maybe dial down the, the sugar, maybe just a tad, but it's one of the, best ginger beers i've ever had it is so flavorful um so i don't, I don't mean to give them a plug but it is really good <laughs> nice i do like a good ginger beer so i will gladly give that a try absolutely um so curtis you've talked a lot about you know some very technical things with the paddles and about the great things that paddle tech is doing but where do you see the future of pickleball where are we going with this great sport that we all love Oh, oh goodness! So um, I probably I always called um, pickleball the it could be the baby boomers' last hurrah. The last major impact that they have, the last thing that they create, um, and they created it um, because it was a sport that um, anyone could play. So regardless of your age, you you don't have to settle for shuffleboard or a handicapped golf game. You can actually play a sport and you can compete and you can get out there with your granddaughter or you can get out there with your son and you can actually be competitive. And so the wonderful thing about it is that it brings people together from all walks of life and of all ages. Uh, but the baby boomers, because they, they kind of were like, hey, wait a minute, I can, I can still compete in the sport. Um, you know, let's face it, they were, you know, later in their careers, they had more resources, probably a little more organized. They were, you know, had a little more 
um, influence within their community and they are getting courts built. And that to me is what will make pickleball stay. Pickleball is not going to go by way of shuffleboard where just people just stop playing because they got bored with it. Pickleball um, is fun at any skill level, which a lot of sports don't have. And it's, and, and it's social aspect. Because there's so many courts available, it's going to be where a, you know, a kid, let's go to the pickleball courts and play pickleball. So where do I think it's going? I don't think it's going away. And there's been, there was a lot of discussion a few years ago about whether or not this was a fad or if it was just a trend. Um, I really think it's here. Um, it's, it, it's going to be a major sport. Well, will it ever hit, um, mass market as they claim mass market where almost everybody is playing it? I don't really know. And I don't really care. All I know is that if you'd like to play a sport, a racket sport, you'll play pickleball. Um, I think what will happen, um, is that as that grows, you'll find more and more televised championships. You'll find more money for pros. Um, we've already seen that happen. Um, you'll find more people from, uh, take it seriously. They'll say, you know, I'm, I'm in tennis right now. Uh, I'll give, I'll give, you know, pickleball a shot as well. Um, I, I think eventually, I think on the, you know, when you'll see, when, when, when pickleball will plateau is when, if you remember those old croquet sets, Mm-hmm. croquette yeah okay you know those little lawn sets everybody had one in their in their garage right but nobody played with them <laughs> so eventually you're gonna have you're gonna have people with yeah i got my pickleball set over here in the garage but we don't really play because i bought it because i thought it would be fun um and that's when people are buying it because they want to have fun but they're really not the type of people to go out and play a game or a sport um and so that's when i think we'll see the plateau of pickleball and there might be a decline, but I don't think it's going to uh, go away forever. I just think the availability of courts and um, I mean, it's hard to find somebody. I mean, when's the last time you had somebody go out there and play pickleball and say, yeah, this game really sucks. I hate it. <laughs> no. Yeah. I've never seen that happen. <laughs> never. <laughs> I haven't seen it happen yet. No. Like, oh, that, <laughs> no, this is really fun. And, um, and so, um, because of that, I, yeah, I think it's going to become part of the uh, uh, American culture and uh, across the globe simply because um, it's fun at any skill level. It brings different demographics and ages together. I know that was redundant. Um, and uh, they're getting courts built. Uh, and everybody's at, you know, the more courts you build, the more people are going to play. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I do. I, I do feel like it's here to stay and it's only going to keep getting more and more popular. So uh, being the CEO of a successful company, I'm sure you are a very, very busy man. Um, but how often would you say you get the opportunity to play pickleball yourself? Well, uh, when I was in Arizona, I would not allow myself on the court. Um, when we were in Arizona, a few people would say... Um, I'd go to a tournament and, oh, don't buy a paddle from that guy over there because he's no good at pickleball. And I didn't say anything. Um, n- nothing against people, good people in Arizona, but, you know, it, it, there was that factor. Where <laughs> I, I was told that on multiple occasions. Um, and, you know, my whole thing, and what I would say is, you know, the, the guys who design a jet, air, a jet engine, you know, the best in the world, 
they can't taxi the airplane the jet down the runway but they still design the engine right they still design the airplane right got it built but they're not qualified to fly it um that was pretty much me for a year but then when i came up to michigan that sort of uh embarrassment that i had that i didn't want them to know that i'm really bad at this game <laughs> um the people up here didn't care they were just so happy that um you know because when i moved up here they did, they had no idea that pile tech was you know me and my brother um they had no idea they thought they were like where are you putting your plant like plant <laughs> <laughs> we're talking like a we're talking like a 30 by 30 shop to start with um and they were just so happy that we were here that, and when I told them, yeah, I don't really get a chance to play, they were very like, yeah, we'll teach you. Um, so to answer your question, I do play in a ladder league. And what I like about that is it forces me to play. I have to give my credit for that because she is obsessed with pickleball. Um, so is my stepson, who's a huge Kyle Yates fan. Um, they want to play. And so when I work all day, pickleball 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 when somebody says you get home you're exhausted you want to go play pickleball yeah no you know i'm kind of i've, I've had it with that sport well <laughs> with them saying no, no 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 come on let's play and i didn't want to be the guy that to say no you know a kid says uh you know hey dad let's let's go play pickleball hey dad you want to something like you want to play a game of risk i didn't want to be that guy that says no all the time like you know what that means something to kids go ahead and extend yourself so, um, so I've been playing in the ladder league um, and slowly moving up and slowly getting better. I have, I do have a silver medal um, at uh, regionals, Midwest, uh, Midwest regionals in singles. Um, however, it's also last place because there's only two of us. So, <laughs> but it is. So it's 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 really a participation award. <laughs> 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 I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, Eddie and myself are Beer City Open gold medal recipients ourselves. Now, notice I said recipients. Uh, well, we're not gold medal winners. We're gold medal recipients. These are honorary gold medals that we received because of video coverage. Like a, a thank you for the video coverage we did during the tournament. <laughs> nice. I, you know, I've got one. I, I've got ones from nationals. I, I hold them like it's my national championship gold gold <laughs> medal on the back is vendor <laughs> or, <Nice>. or sponsor. <laughs> which is which is a lot that's a lot more expensive than winning it if you ask me um <laughs> but no so congratulations thanks so uh so anyway so yeah i do play i actually uh, love playing i i just really needed to um play once or twice a week i needed uh family members to get hooked on the sport and really say you know what, I know you've been dealing with this all day, come out and play. Um, one of the problems is that it, in, in Niles is we're in a bubble. Um, everybody here plays with paddle tech. Once in a while, somebody's got something older. And, um, which is kind of a problem, because I'd really like to see them play with our competition so I can sit there and say, hey, what do you think of that? What may, why did you choose that and give me some information? It's really hard for me because you know we're 99% of the market here. Um, so I'm not complaining. The people in Niles and South Bend don't run off and start buying other brands, but um, I, I really do appreciate uh, feedback from uh, what our competition is doing. Um, so, but uh, yeah, once or twice a week. That's cool. And I'm, I'm, 
I'm four oh ish ish. Well, you're definitely beyond where Webby and I are at because we got our butts handed to us at the Beer City Open in the three point five men's division. They're men's uh men's doubles. So <laughs> Yeah. We have we have a little bit of work to do before we even get close to your uh your level of play, that's for sure. Yeah, you said you're four point oh ish. I I would say we're three point oh ish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my drop shot is horrible. Oh my gosh. I struggle with a drop shot. Is I uh, I can do pretty much anything you ask except for a drop shot. Um, I struggle with that. And, and when I see the pros, I mean they can they can be doing a dig, full sprint dig, perfect drop shot. Like like how do you do that? Toughest shot in the game, that's for sure. Oh my gosh, yes. So one uh one interesting thing, before we even knew that we were going to have you on as a guest, Eddie and I had been talking about getting custom paddles made with uh, with the Eddie and Webby logo on them. And we are actually currently in the process of getting said paddles made, and they are being made by Paddletech. Um, but yeah, it's our pleasure. Um, uh, but you, which paddles? You're looking at the, are you looking at the TS5 and the TS5 Pro? Or wait, was it the EXL Pro? It was the EXL. That's what we were getting. Well, and the other thing is we also have coming up, we have the, the Tangent and the Tangent Pro. The Tangent Pro will give you even more forgiveness. Um, the Bantam has always been a power paddle. So what the Tangent will do will give you more touch than the Bantam, a little more forgiveness, uh, very similar to what we did for Prince. Um, and then we also will have a Tempest Pro. The Tempest has been our best-selling paddle, and now we have the People have been saying, hey, I really want the touch and I want the forgiveness. Just, just give me a little bit more power so we can move the Tempest Pro. Uh, it won't be until Nationals. Um, so you have your choice. Whatever you want, we'll give it to you. Um, we love you guys. We like what you're doing for uh, for Pickleball and um, making it semi-cool. Um, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> One thing I'm worried about is like once we get the paddle, I feel like it's going to look so nice, I'm going to be afraid to even use it. Like I'm just going to want to like Use it for modeling purposes. <laughs> yeah, we have we have people who call us all the time, and they want to they want to paddle to to match every outfit. Um, <laughs> you know, they've got a you know they got a blue outfit, they want a blue paddle. They've got a purple outfit, they want a purple paddle. And and that's just the guys. We're not even talking about the women there. This is um, it's uh, yeah. Don't worry about that. Just just play with it. They're meant <laughs> to be played with. Yeah. Um, Honestly, Curtis, I feel like I feel like we could talk to you all night about pickleball. I love talking about pickleball. You have a ton of knowledge, and obviously, you're passionate about it. Um, I guess my last question for you is: if we do have any listeners out there that are interested in maybe becoming a PaddleTech reseller, how do they go about that? Info at paddletech.com. Well, Curtis, we cannot thank you enough for joining us today. That was awesome. Great discussion. Um, like Eddie said, we could we could easily talk to you all night. Um, I just I I loved the stories that you had for us with the background of your company, and uh, yeah, we just thank you very very much for joining us tonight. Yeah, you know, my pleasure. It, it was fun. Um, yeah, it was. I was kind of nervous to begin with, but uh, you know. I love your program. Uh, I've seen your podcasts, and uh, um, yeah, it's great fun. I, uh, I love what you guys are doing. Uh, um, yeah, thanks for having me. It's been been a lot of fun. Awesome. Thank you so much, Curtis. We really appreciate it. Wow. So how awesome was that? Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, 
I mean, what a cool guy too. You know, he's yeah. easy to talk to. Just that was awesome. That was a really good time. Yeah, for sure. I'm not going to lie. I was super nervous about having the CEO of Paddletech on the show, but right away he made me feel comfortable. I mean, I was not nervous at all once we got started. Uh, seemed like a very nice guy, very down to earth, very knowledgeable. Um, that was awesome. Very awesome. Yeah, I was expecting him to uh, to take the Skype call from like his private jet, like sipping <laughs> on scotch. You know, he's yeah. the CEO of Paddletech, so right. That's kind of what I thought, but no, seemed really down to earth, really cool guy, and that was that was awesome. That was a great, great time. Yeah, and very cool that uh, that he's from Michigan, a, a fellow Michigander like both of us. Um, even though you're no longer a Michigander, yes. But I am getting a little bit thirsty. I'm not sure about you. Yeah, I'm getting really thirsty. So I think we should do a beer review. What do you say? Ooh, that sounds like a perfect idea. Yeah. Well, what beer are we going to review today, Webby? Well, I just so happen to have one right here. And this beer is called Cranium Crush from Petoskey Brewing. Oh, yeah. Didn't we also do a Petoskey Brewing beer a few episodes back? You know what? We did. That's right. Uh, But yeah, this is Cranium Crush by Petoskey Brewing. Um, we're not going to do a before we pour today because we talked about Petoskey Brewing back in episode 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why don't we go ahead and just open and pour these beers? And as we do, I'm going to read the description from the Petoskey Brewing website. Oh man, I just totally shot beer all over my camera equipment. No big deal. Oh man. No big deal. All right. This unique brew had actual waffle cones added into the mash. Hints of this ingredient can be picked up in the finished beer. Raspberry puree is also added during fermentation. Interesting. It's a nice description. I mean, it's kind of straight to the point, but gets the point across with what the intention of this beer is. Oh, man, I got a lot of of head, a lot of carbonation from this guy. How about you? Um, I'm actually not getting a ton. I mean, I've got I've got some head, but not like a not a huge amount. Okay. This does fall under BJCP category 1C, which is cream ale. That's also known as the lawnmower beer because it's supposed to be a very light, easy drinking beer, perfect for summertime when you're mowing the lawn. However, this does have 7% ABV, which is above the scale. Uh, This style scale for ABV goes from 4.2 to 5.6%, so it does go above it a little bit. This does have 15 IBUs, and although that's low, when it comes to IBUs for a beer, it's at the high end of the scale, which ranges from 8 to 20. And uh, what do we always start off with when we review the beer? We start off with the appearance. That's right. Take a look at this beer. Now, you got to remember, I bought this when I was in Michigan with Webby for the Beer City Open, transported it back to Florida. So it, it, went, it got cold, it got warm, it got cold, it got warm. So... Okay. That might be playing a role in the outcome of this review. Just wanted to be forthcoming about that. This is pretty rare for us to be in different locations, but to be drinking the same batch of beer. That's true. Yeah, it came from the same six-pack. My beer's pretty clear. It's actually much clearer than I was expecting. Um, Yeah, very clear. I, I am getting a clear beer as well right here. Yeah. I mean... You're going to get that with this style of beer. It's going to be clear, but I mean, this is unbelievably clear, which is nice. Yeah, I would definitely be able to see you through the glass if you were in the same room as me. 
I feel like if we were watching a cartoon episode and somebody was having a beer in the cartoon episode, this is exactly what it would look like. <laughs> you know, it's got like that nice goldeny yellow color to it and a perfect white head on top, almost like sudsy, like like soap bubbles type floating on top yeah, there. It's really I would pretty. Ag- I would agree with that. Yeah, very nice looking beer. Yeah. What do you say we uh, go into the aroma, take some sniffs here? Let's do it. Oh, wow. Interesting. What are you uh what are you getting in the nose there? I do get a hint of the raspberry. I'm getting a, a little hint of raspberry there, like raspberry and beer combined. It's not like a sweet raspberry aroma, but it definitely has a lot of raspberry in the nose. That's for sure. It was the first thing I noticed when I started smelling it. But it's not like not a super strong smelling beer. Like it's not uh not very not super aromatic. Yeah. I would agree. Mine's also been sitting out for a couple hours, so mine could have warmed up a little bit more than yours has, and that might be why I'm getting more of that actual raspberry smell coming through. Yeah, mine is pretty fresh out the fridge. Yeah. It's a pleasant aroma, though. Yeah. Smells like beer and raspberries. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what I would say. Beer plus raspberries (laughs) equals this the scent of this beer. Yeah. (laughs) Very technical. Um. (laughs) I do have to say, though, I was really hoping for the waffle cone aroma, but I yeah. didn't get any. Yeah, I was really excited about this one because of the fact that it had waffle cones in it. But yeah, I'm not really picking that up. Hmm. Well, maybe it'll come out in the flavor. What do you say we jump into the flavor? Give it some sips. I say we do that by now. the last bit of a gargle actually there was no beer in my back of my throat like i thought there was (laughs) that's funny that uh yeah that didn't end so well for you did it Mm. yeah i'm definitely getting raspberry ton of raspberry and i am getting a little hint of that waffle cone but it's it's almost like a like a waffle batter kind of flavor like you ever have a a waffle that you don't cook fully through and you get a little bit of like the the battery flavor in the middle i'm getting a lot of that in this which is very pleasant i don't i don't mind that at all i don't i'm not saying that in a bad way it's just very present there yeah i am getting a hint of the uh of the waffle cone batter glad to see it made an appearance somewhere because it was not in the aroma i also immediately noticed alcohol in the flavor as well now again this could be because it was not under ideal storage conditions when I transported it from Michigan to Florida. <laughs> um, and that could make the alcohol flavor more present, but I'm getting a lot of like a boozy flavor to this beer. Um, I don't know about you, Webby. Are you getting that at all? I feel like you might be onto something about the conditions of your beer. Cause I, I really am. I'm not getting in like a super strong boozy type flavor. Yeah. It's almost good that we did it this way because we're actually showing that we can have the same beer from the same batch, but if you're not properly storing it, you're not going to let the greatest characteristics of it come through. Yeah, but it's tasting, it's tasting pretty good. And they say that they added raspberry puree during fermentation, which makes sense that you wouldn't get a lot of raspberry sweetness. Any of the sweetness from the puree probably fully fermented out, 
That's also probably why you get that 7% alcohol and maybe a little bit of alcohol warmth in the flavor. It could be because this is a dry beer, and so a lot of the sugars from the raspberry puree could be fermented out and add to that. Now, I just poured the last bit of the can into the glass, and I'm getting a few floaties floating around now. Mouthfeel? I mean, it's, you know, light to medium bodied, a little bit more body than I would have expected in a cream ale, but not unpleasant. Um, a little bit of that alcohol warmth is coming through in the mouthfeel as well, but the carbonation is, it's it's medium to medium plus carbonation. Yep, it definitely has the carbonation, <laughs> as I like to say it. That's the first time I've ever heard you say that that way. I think it is the first time I've ever said it, but I liked it, so I really, I like saying it that way. Car- carbonation. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm, uh, I'm enjoying it. What is your overall impression of this beer, Webby? So I like the fact that it, ha- it that is brewed with pure Michigan artesian spring water. That's a plus. I really mm-hmm. like that. Nice. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I would probably drink it if I saw it on tap, but I can't say that I would seek this one out in the stores. Um, there's just there's so many great options out there these days, and I don't think I like it enough for it to be like, oh yeah, I've got to pick this beer up. Um, I would definitely drink it if somebody had it, and like I said, I I would get it if it was on tap if I saw it on tap from time to time, but I just I can't say it's one that I'm loving. I really do feel like the conditions of this beer have lended to not being in its optimal state. So I don't know that I'm going to be able to give it a truly fair review. But what I can tell you is I'm struggling to find who is the target audience of this beer. Um, it's a cream ale, so it means it's going to be a little bit lighter. It's going to be you know very low hops, your lawnmower beer, which can bring in uh, a, you know a, a crowd of non-craft beer drinkers. But it also has that raspberry flavor that might be more appealing towards, I don't know, um, maybe women. I, I, it's, I'm, I'm having a hard time placing like exactly who the target of this beer is. It's not for true hop heads. It's not for true craft beer lovers. No. But I don't know that it's also for you know the the people that want a, a gateway beer like the Lagunitas Pills that we had a few episodes ago. I don't think I don't think this would would appeal to people that like that beer. So I'm just not understanding it right now. Again, it could be because of the conditions, but I don't see a place for this in, you know, my regular beers that I go to, but there's nothing bad about it. I don't necessarily not like it. I do think that the uh, condition your beer was in is playing a role in how it's tasting to you because I really am not tasting a lot of alcohol. I feel like it's, it's pretty smooth um, pretty light, even though it's a, a higher alcohol content beer. Well, you know, we've been having so many guests lately, and every time we do, when they're part of the beer review, we ask them if they want to chug. So I don't even, I can't, I can't keep count. Whose turn is it? I really don't know, but I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to make the executive decision. I'm going to say that it's my decision this time. Do it. So I really liked how when we were in Grand Rapids, we sipped one of the beers there. I really liked how when Glenn was our guest co-host, um, he wanted us to sip it throughout the beer. 
So why not go ahead and uh, sip the beer today? And I'll tell you why not, because we're going to chug. That's why not. <laughs> yeah. Ziggy, zuggy, ziggy, zuggy. Oi, oi, oi. Three, two, one, go. Uh, did a little hiccup burp there at the end. Uh, those are the worst, man. Yeah. I feel like we we finished it right at the exact same time, but... Pretty sure you know, I beat you, to be honest, but if you want to say that, that's cool. All right, well, either way, we were close. <laughs> but as we pointed out in Cassie's episode, it all depends on how much you drink during the review yeah, to know that how is very much true. you have to chug at the end. So. Yeah, that is very true. Did you pour your full can into the glass? Oh, yeah. There's nothing in there here. Okay. All right. Yep, no beer in there. What about you? Yep, the full can is in there. And like I was saying before, when I poured the rest of it, there's some some floaties in there. I'm not sure if you can see this, but there's some some weird sediments. That was fun. That was fun. That was a very fun episode. It was awesome having Curtis, the CEO of Paddletech, with us. I I still can't believe that it happened. I mean, we had the CEO of Paddletech on our show. Seriously, that's crazy, but super grateful for that. Um, I know we were joking at the beginning, talking about how people feel bad for us, and that's why they keep joining. But I got to tell you, man, I am so grateful for how how many connections within this community we're starting to be able to make, how many people are starting to take interest in our content, uh, and how we're getting more and more opportunities to spread the word about craft beer and pickleball, uh, you know, two things that we both love. And it's it's pretty amazing. Oh, for sure. And I've I've made some legitimate friends like all throughout the state because of this sport that we all love so much. Yeah, it's really cool. But enough of that kumbaya moment. <laughs> this is episode 22, which means there are 22 people watching right now. And we appreciate you wow. guys. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you very much. Yes. As always, we love to hear feedback, good or bad. You can throw it in the comments down below, or you can tweet to us. You can Instagram to us, Insta, Insta, Instagram to us, both at Eddie and Webby. You can download the Anchor app. Boop, boop, boop. You can leave us a voice message, and, you know, let's interact. Let's talk. And, you know, something that we haven't brought up since episode 20 is uh, we're on Facebook now. We decided to join this new thing that just came out called Facebook, and uh, we're there now, so check us out on Facebook. Yeah, log on to www.thefacebooks.com uh, and search for Eddie and Webby, and you'll find us there. Yes, you will find us there, and uh, we're going to have a lot of good content down there, so you should check it out. Yes, absolutely. Also... Download the Pickleball Anthem on iTunes and many other digital music platforms as well. Yes. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm thinking about submitting the Pickleball Anthem for the best hip-hop pickleball song of the year in next year's Grammys. <laughs> I, think, I think we have a good chance of winning. I absolutely think we have a 100% a, a chance of winning at the Grammys. Absolutely. We should submit it. So just make sure you stay tuned to the Grammys this year and vote for your favorite hip-hop pickleball artist of the year. Yep. <laughs> I've actually been practicing my part a lot lately, 
where I go. <laughs> How did I do? That was good. I'm going to keep practicing, but you know, I, I, I hope I don't forget my lyrics when I'm up on stage performing that live with like Kendrick Lamar and Post Malone. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Like, who who would be like the special? You know how they always have like a special collaboration of guests when a song is performed live. You think Post Malone is the one we should get? I think that'd be a cool collaboration. I agree. I think Post Malone would be a good one, even though he drinks Bud Light, and that's just not it's not our thing, you know? Yeah, it like, kind of goes against everything we stand for. Maybe we can convert him. Pickleball, what? <laughs> 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 Oh, man, that's amazing. That'll be his contribution to the song. I don't even know where to go from here, so (laughs) I think we should just just end this one. Uh, But on that note, I'm Eddie. And until next time, this is Webby, not Eddie, signing off. See ya. But this is my wife's battle. Uh Uh-oh. (laughs) Uh-oh. Hang on. He's back. Now I can see both of you. Now, before I could only see the ugly one.